When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Michigan travels to Minneapolis, their second road trip in as many weeks, and they come away with a dominant victory, 52-10 to 10 over the Golden Gophers. They'll head back to Ann Arbor next week, but we're going to get a chance to hear from Jim Harbaugh, other players from the locker room when we return on In the Trenches. Welcome to the official podcast of Michigan football, In the Trenches with John Jansen, presented by Meyer, presenting sponsor of the 2023 Michigan football season and proud supporter of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. The former two-time captain and national champion covers the Wolverines better than anyone. Will, you got the turnover buffs on right now. How does it feel having those glasses on? I mean, it feels great. I've been waiting to put them on all year, just being patient, being being faithful, and then finally, opportunity finally presented itself. This is In the Trenches, presented by Meyer. Once again, here's John Jansen. Well, it was another dominant victory, and to continue to break it down, I want to bring in my partner, Mr. Brian Bush. John, this Michigan team has not had to play a four-quarter game yet, and tonight, the reason why they didn't play a four-quarter game was because of what they did in the third quarter. Uh, it was a dominant performance by by both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And and I talk about special teams, but they just weren't allowed on the field because both sides of the ball were so dominant. And when you think about what Michigan did coming out of the first quarter and then second and third quarters in being able to stop the run, we knew if you made Minnesota be a passing team, they were going to be inefficient. And passing yards, 52, 5 of 16 for their quarterback – and then the adjustments that they made by shifting the front a little bit and then you know running some stunts, they just – Minnesota had no answer to Michigan's answer. And I think there's a great job by Jesse Minter, a great job by Mike Elson and that defensive staff of making those adjustments. And, and then you just had some guys go out there like Mason Graham and make plays. And offensively, you know, when you have a quarterback that can run a read option – uh, down in the red zone, like we saw from J.J. McCarthy, um, his ability to distribute the ball in the passing game. I mean, you had seven different receivers. It just was – it was a dominant performance. And they, they again, owned 
the trenches, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You raved about Mason Graham throughout the broadcast. Could you just elaborate on the impact he made in his return from injury? Well, it, it was it was unbelievable. He's a game wrecker. And when he lined up over the center, and the center couldn't block him. And it was all it was was him picking a side. Sometimes it was just a, a slap, and he just threw the center from side to side. Either guard. He even lined up over the tackle one time and just went around him. I mentioned it was like the tackle flew out of a, uh, a four-story window. And he's just that type of guy that when he turns it on like that, he's, he's nearly unblockable. Defensively in the secondary for the Wolverines, two pick sixes. Minnesota had just 52 passing yards, 35 of which came on the lone blemish for Michigan defensively, that late first half touchdown. They got Minnesota at least on the outskirts of being in this thing. That went away come third quarter. But what would you see from that Michigan secondary tonight? Well, I mean, everybody stepped up. You, you had the pick six to start the game, and then in the second half you had the pick six by Keon Sab. I thought they did a really good job of of helping each other out. The only time that uh, uh, Mikey Samerstall didn't have help was on that one touchdown pass, and I think there was supposed to be safety help, and uh, it just didn't get over there in time. So it was a defensive secondary that was moving around. Uh, and it's just like we had talked about with the front seven. When you have guys – that have been in there, whether it's Makari Page, uh, Rod Moore, uh, Keon Sab, Quentin Johnson had some some nice plays in there, and you rotate those guys through. You get a different look for the quarterback. You got a different skill set, but you're always keeping guys fresh. Will Johnson, that big play right out of the gates, uh, certainly was a tone setter for this team, and, and it seems like Will is fully back from that early season injury. Yeah, and Jason mentioned it as well. They were covered too, and he basically baited Kaliki Manis into throwing that ball, and when he did, I mean, it was it was like taking candy from a baby. Uh, there was Will Johnson, and uh, the way that uh, it was set up, once he intercepted it, there, was near, there wasn't anybody on that side of the field. And honestly, we saw the same thing from Keon Saab. Um, that was more of a, of a defensive front um, and, and schematically. But once, once he kind of faked the blitz, dropped into coverage, the quarterback had no idea that he was there and threw the ball right to him. And again, there's nobody there to stop him. So you had two easy touchdowns. John J.J. McCarthy, another solid effort through the air, 14 of 20, 219 yards and a touchdown, but him rumbling for a couple of touchdown runs, and they were not jogs into the end zone. He had to earn it. He had to battle. That's a great element to add to his game. Well, it is. It's another weapon that the offense can use, especially when you get in the red zone. We've talked so many years about Michigan being that team that's just a three yards on a cloud of dust. Last year against Rutgers, it was four downs to punch it in the end zone. Now you add in a big target like we saw late in the game by A.J. Barner, Colston Loveland, and we know what Roman Wilson can be in, in the running backs, but then you throw in that extra wrinkle of the ball handling skills and the way that whether it's J.J. and Donovan Edwards or J.J. and Khalil Mullings, they've done a great job of selling that run. And it all starts with the running back, but then you got a quarterback that, hey, he can keep it, make that read, make that decision, keep it and come around uh, end and, and you know stiff arm a defensive back. It just was, uh, it was a great performance. You were talking before Coach came out about 
the J.J. McCarthy performance running the ball. But I'll tell you, from a passing standpoint, what Michigan's receivers were able to do, that long pass to Cornelius Johnson was huge. It set up a touchdown. See Colson Loveland get into the end zone for the first time. Roman Wilson, another three solid catches. This isn't going to be a game where you're going to think too much about the pass catchers here, but the balance really strong yet again. It, it was. And when you think about, hey, there was four catches by Donovan Edwards, and we've talked about getting him the ball any which way possible. That was effective. Cornelius was Cornelius with three. And that long one, I, I know it wasn't called, but it was another one of those could have been called pass interference, but it's, a, it's, it's just another example. And I think it's all led by Roman Wilson. We saw it by Samaj Morgan a couple of weeks ago, and now Cornelius Johnson. These guys are ready to make plays. And it's, it's, it seems like it's almost a challenge. Hey, when, when Roman makes a play, Cornelius says, you know what? Hey, I can do that too. Samaj says, I can do that as well. And we're going to see these guys continue to improve because they don't want to be left out of the game. And, you know, Roman had three tonight. No touchdowns uh, for him, which uh, I know to everybody seems <laughs> shocking. Uh, but A.J. Barner got in the mix and then the, the touchdown to Colston. It just was – it felt like it was a dominant – and just a consistent performance by being able to spread the ball around to a number of different receivers. And what this team does so well, John, not only do they make some of the highlight real plays, but they also avoid the things that can hurt you. In Big Ten play, John, Michigan penalties. Against Rutgers, three penalties, 18 yards. Last week, not a single penalty. Here today, one penalty, 10 yards. That's remarkable. Well, and that's what Coach Harbaugh is talking about. When you put the work in throughout the course of the week, you install the game plan, you study the game plan, you study your opponent, then nothing that happens out there is surprising to you. You're not guessing at anything. You're, you're, you're clued in on all of the little things. And it just, it takes away missed assignments. Missed assignments lead to penalties. You're out of position. If you can play with good technique and play disciplined, you're going to be one of the, continuously one of the least penalized teams and also one of the teams that does not turn the ball over. All of those things are what makes a championship effort. Doug, this could have been a game down the stretch. It was 24 to 10 at the half. Then Michigan gets the football to start half number two and Michigan's defense comes up with a three and out. And, and from there, this thing was all maize and blue. Yeah, dominant performance in the second half. Minnesota didn't get a second first down until the two minutes to go in the ball game. And Michigan defense scoring two touchdowns tonight. You always hear them refer to their pillars, and, and, and ball disruption is one of them. And that's that's Will Johnson and Keon Saab with a couple of pick sixes. That is Braden McGregor not going to pass out of the air. All kinds of examples of it tonight. Jesse Minter will be very happy. Minnesota, first team to get to double-digit points against the Michigan defense. And as John Jansen said, you know, the, the minor complaining we are doing is because they have set the standard. Yeah. The bar is set so high by this team that you just got to take your hat off to them. They're playing a dominant brand of football with tough games to come for sure. But I thought Minnesota, this would be the biggest test of the season so far. And, I mean, in the end... Michigan ran away and hit. Yeah, I mean, and you look at the one blemish. It seems like we talk about the one blemish defensively every single week, yet it comes this week from a Michigan secondary that other than that, uh, Minnesota was 3-14 three three on third down. Obviously, a lot of those were long where Minnesota was in passing situations. They come up with two pick sixes in the ballgame, first time in six seasons that Michigan had a pair of those in the same game. And if you take out that 35-yard pass in the final moments of the first half, Minnesota yielded 
a total of 17 pass yards. The secondary was outstanding. Now, now that's not Minnesota's game. I mean, they like to run the football. Yeah. Uh, this is not a potent passing game, but still, this was suffocating. Well, and the Michigan defensive line uh, in the face of Cali Manis all night long, and yeah, you are you are correct. It was a very imp- you don't want to come at Michigan's defense one when you're one dimensional, whether sure. it's you just run or just pass. But you know, there's they didn't get very exotic in terms of any kind of blitzes or or anything really that we haven't. You know, they didn't have to, and uh, ultimately they go into the locker room. Do whatever they do, and Michigan has yet to allow a third-quarter point this season. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, that was something we talked so much about last year was Michigan adjusting at halftime on the fly, second quarter, third quarter, and accelerating. Here over the last couple of weeks, last week 14 to nothing after touchdown, Kenneth Grant interception, then touchdown. Here the pick six on the second play from scrimmage. Uh, And then offensively, I mean, it's tough to single out one player, right? J.J. McCarthy, three touchdowns, two coming on the ground here today, and and he had to earn both of those touchdowns running the football. But it's just so spread out. I mean, Michigan had nine different players rush the football, seven different receivers. We saw, uh, what, double-digit offensive linemen out there. It's another one of those games where Michigan probably played 90-plus percent of who traveled with them here. Yeah. Uh, and offensively, the balance is, is just incredible. So, you know, the players talked a lot this week about the bottom line of every game is just win the game. And one thing that helps your team culture is when you can empty the bench and get a lot of guys playing time. And that that's happened in back-to-back road games um, and, you know, opportunities for two and three quarterbacks to play. Guys like Leon Franklin getting into the end zone, you know, a bunch of snaps for Jaden Hood, the linebacker, and um, Reese Atterbury getting in there along the defensive line. So it definitely helps the overall feeling in a locker room and the team culture. And, um, you know, uh, certainly we can sit down and and go over the game and nitpick something here or there, but that's exactly what we'd be doing. We'd be nitpicking at this point. Now, the coaches – they know what they want, and they know what needs to get better. And uh, with stiffer challenges ahead down the road, I'm sure they will are things that will be addressed. And we're halfway through the regular season, Doug, and Blake Corum has 74 carries this year. You want to talk about bringing him along slowly, not loading him up with too much coming off the injury. 79 total touches this year with the five catches. That's... Again, partly schedule-induced, but Michigan has not needed to lean on him like they may have to in that big November stretch. Well, it's really odd because, I mean, basically the starters don't play in the fourth quarter game after game after game. You're not going to rack up big individual statistics. But one thing that Jesse Minner said this week, they're rolling so many guys through defensively that when you have a player that plays 25 to 30 snaps, they, they show up Sunday, they're not sore, they're not as banged up, they can practice harder Tuesday, Wednesday, which is when you really get better is in practice and come back fresh on Saturday. Plus, you'll be fresher when we get to November and the number of snaps you've played is, is way down. And uh, in theory, you'll be better for the stretch run. So it's a very backloaded schedule. That Maryland team, Ohio State had to work very hard to beat them on Saturday. And obviously, Penn State at Penn State, at Maryland, and Ohio State to wrap up the regular season is where this team is really going to have to show up and and earn a third straight Big Ten crown. Jack, this football team 
does two things so well at once. They're able to come up with so many highlight reel plays in a balance of players and situations and schemes, but they also are able to avoid some of the backbreaking things, not in these types of games, but the things that could come back and burn them once you get to that stretch run in November at Penn State, at Maryland, home against Ohio State. To do both of those things so well, it was the discussion about J.J. McCarthy not trying to coach the gunslinger out of him, but making sure you still see the throw, make the throw, do the things you're supposed to do. That balance is so special to watch with this group. Yeah, they're firing on all cylinders right now. I mean, there's not really anything that you can point to and say that has to get better in order to get where they want to go. Uh, there's a you know there's a few bad plays here and there. That's football. You're going to have that. It's not uh, uncharacteristic to experience that at times. But they always seem to find a way to rebound. They never look uh, shaken. They never look um, unsure of themselves or each other. They're very composed and poised when they play. And, they, and they're very confident, and not in a bad way, in a positive way. Like they really believe that they're you know the second team in the country, the second-ranked team in the country, uh, with a chance to win this whole thing. And all you can do is show up every Saturday and, and try to execute the game plan that you put in place during the week and all the preparation that you've put in. They continue to do that and do that at a high level and one week at a time. And uh, before you know it, you'll be halfway done with the regular season like we are now and bowl eligible. So 6-0, it's a great place to be. And again, I think the trajectory that they're on is really encouraging. Time to name today's Achiever of the Game brought to you by Michigan Student Aid. A lot of candidates for this yet again one of the many things that's so fun about this club. Who do you think was the Wolverines' top achiever of the game? Well, that's a tough one. Uh, Can you narrow it down to 20? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Will Johnson for how he yeah. played early. Um, Mason Graham. Um, you know, John and, and, and I probably give a little uh, more attention and love to the offensive and defensive lines than, than the casual fan does and, and recognize – uh, when somebody is performing at a high level, but even if that wasn't the case, you would notice Mason Graham on the field today. He he, um, it was great to see him back out there after missing the last two weeks, and uh, with a taped up hand and all, was still able to really cause some some chaos and and get the job done. And you know the other thing too is, uh, I think I don't know if the coaches are getting enough credit right now for for what they're doing, particularly defensively. It seems like every time something looks a little off. It doesn't last very long. There's some sort of scheme that goes back into place or some sort of change that gets uh, that gets Michigan back on the right track. So hard to pick. Uh, I'd give it to Mason Graham. Yeah, Graham leading the way with six tackles, five of which were solos, had a sack, a couple of tackles for loss. He is our achiever of the game brought to you by Michigan Student Aid. It's a game changer. Uh, it's amazing that Michigan is able to do what they've been able to do and, and yet they're still pushing, like you said, the coaching staff, trying to get better, correct the ills. I mean, six weeks in, you and I talked about it in pregame going into this one, of the fact there weren't a whole lot of blemishes last week. And I don't think there were many here this week. How is this group able to maintain that type of expectation when, again, this is, you know, the the most lopsided win of the season. They're six and zero. They really haven't been truly tested yet. They haven't played a fourth quarter game yet. <laughs> no, they haven't, which is kind of absurd to think about, but a good problem to have, I guess. You know, as the game, or I'm sorry, as the season goes on, the only thing that does matter at the end of the day is wins. And so, you're right. We are going to get into some ball games where things are not going to go perfectly, where um, you know we're not going to be nitpicking 
this or that in a uh, blowout 52 to 10 win. And it's going to be just, did they win? And that that's okay too. Um, I think when you're playing lesser opponents, inferior opponents, you should have the mindset of we should win every single play because that's what you should do. You're better than the opponent. You should win every single play. Not going to happen obviously, but it's okay to have that kind of standard. You know, we get into the back half of the season with Penn state, Maryland, and then Ohio state. That kind of goes out the window and everybody knows it. It's just a matter of, did you find a way to win the football game? And I think the the bar is set so high because if you don't adhere to that standard and you don't continually feel like you're climbing the right way, like every single week, something progressed, something got better, right? If, If you're not doing that, then you're just going through the motions. But this team is. This team is getting better every single week. It doesn't mean that, you know, Minnesota didn't make a few plays here and there, or, or, or Michigan, you know, might have messed something up every once in a while. But it does mean that the ascent is happening. You can see them getting better. You can see the offensive line gelling. You can see the defense playing well together. The the scheme, right? Uh, all those different things that go into what championship teams, what it requires to be a championship team. Um, all you can do if you're Michigan right now is just continue to get better week in and week out. They're doing that. Some post-game analysis there from Jack Miller, earlier Doug Karsh, and of course John Jansen. We'll get to our post-game interviews, but first, a reminder that Fogith Financial Group is a proud wealth management partner of Michigan Athletics. The second annual Night Out of the Big House on October 12th, Already sold out, but due to increased demand, another date is scheduled. Thursday, November the 9th, you can learn strategies for managing the risks of retirement and enjoy complimentary dinner and drinks, door prizes, plus an exclusive tour of Michigan Stadium. Just head to mgoblue.com slash bighouse to sign up. That's mgoblue.com slash bighouse. And as I told you, the first one sold out, so really, truly Limited seats are available. Let's get into our interviews. And first, John Jansen's with the head coach, Jim Harbaugh. 6-0. and oh, Congratulations. Thank you. Bowl eligible. Feels good. <laughs> it does feel good. Two of them on the road, and the two do- most dominant performances have been on the road. What makes this team so good away from Ann Arbor? Just played good. It, you know, really started with the pick six by uh, Will Johnson. Great job uh, reading the quarterback, catching the ball, finishing the play. Great to see Keon Sab. Get one too. I thought it was a heck of a play by him. Uh, JJ McCarthy was was uh, was incredible. Total control. I mean, 70 set, 70 percent passing, two two hundred and twenty thirty something like that, yeah. and some change. But in total control, um, and a really good performance. An aggressive runner too. Two touchdowns on the ground, one yeah. through the air. But it's when when I was watching JJ throughout the course of the game. You mentioned in total control, his ability to communicate with the offensive line and pick up blitzes, identify those, and then get the ball out. To me, it just seems like he's really in a great rhythm. Yeah, great rhythm, control, uh, you know, really all facets of the game. You know, the runs he made, I mean, those are those are big-time play. One was a stiff arm and uh, really, really, really good the way he's playing. And, and point to every guy, really. I mean, uh, the twos went in, special teams played really good. Um, Defense aggressive, young defensive guys getting a chance to to uh, step up. It always kind of feels like around game five, six, def- definitely seven, uh, sometimes eight or nine. But that's when those freshmen really start. Uh, you know, they're getting comfortable and uh, contributing, and it's good to see. In the first quarter, Minnesota was able to gain a, a little bit on the ground, but then after that, it was like it, it just it became non-existent. What were some of the changes? What were some of the shifts that, that you guys made defensively? 
Yeah, we just moved our end into a six technique. That that helped, but they were they were hurting us on the on the stretch play and and made those adjustments. Um, you know, through the air, I you know I think we might have had more return yardage than. You know, I don't know, but it was good. Uh, <laughs> the defense actually yeah, did outscore. It was really, a, it was a great game defensively. You know, it's the most points we've given up. But, um, you know, really, I, I thought it was a real gem by our defensive, by our defense and our defensive coaches and Jesse and the whole group. Yeah. Well, if ten points is the most you've given up, that's pretty good, especially when your defense outscores them by themselves. Right. Um, Mason Graham. Yeah. Um, back today, had the club on his hand, and as throughout the game, was absolutely dominant. He was. Uh, Great game by him. He, he he missed football. He missed missed playing those those two games. And yeah, even with the club, he was a very dominant player tonight. And Kian Saab with the pick six. I mean, it's it's not often you have one, but you got two tonight and one from a young guy. Yeah, I think it got a uh, last time I think it was 2017. I know Tyreek Cannell was one. Who was the other that got the pick six in that game? Um, Lavert Hill. Hill. Oh, Lavert. Yeah, Vert. Vert Hill. Yeah, we had. Uh, we had, what? Two, what game was that? Cincinnati. That's right, Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, two pick sixes, Canal and uh, Hill. That was a. That was a great day. Great to have it tonight. You know, just keeping the jug. That was really important to uh, our players. I, I think it showed that they uh, in their play tonight. Yeah, and then uh, we also saw a touchdown by Leon Franklin. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't seen one from him in a while. What did it mean for for you to see him get in the end zone? Yeah, Leon. Uh, you know, he's, he just uh, plays so, so well, uh, contributes so much on, on special teams. He's a heck of a good running back, too. Um, and he played last week, had a, had a really good game. Uh, Jack Tuttle thought that uh, scramble by him you yeah. know, that picked up the 19 yards on third and 18 was, was big. It could, um, these guys prepare so well. I mean, this game was a lot won during the week again. It was, it was just one of those incredible weeks of practice, and we'll uh, go back to work and – you know, that, that seems to be the formula, you know, uh, put the game plan in, exec, uh, practice it, and then go out and execute it. Uh, Coach, congratulations, and we appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Right after the game, it was Jason Avant on the field chatting with one of the stars. You heard it from Jack Miller, his achiever of the game, defensive lineman Mason Graham. Mason, you had an amazing game. Six tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack. What was your mindset coming into the game? Just um, do everything that we do as a defense. You know, we have our pillars. Just execute our pillars, and, you know, we'll come out with the outcome we want. Now, some would think that you would have a disadvantage with the club on your hand. You kind of use it to your advantage. Yeah, I mean, I, I practiced with it throughout this week. Uh, just getting used to it throughout the week, uh, and I felt like I was ready to play today. So, Well, I'm not going to ask you too many questions. Go and celebrate with that big brown jug, that little brown jug. Yeah, I appreciate you. It was an outstanding standing effort by Michigan's defense and it started on the second play from scrimmage with Will Johnson's pick six. Here's Jason with Will. Will, you got the turnover buffs on right now. How does it feel having those glasses on? I mean, it feels great. I've been waiting to put them on all year, just being patient, being being faithful, and then finally, opportunity finally presented itself. Yep. When you, what, what coverage were you in? Explain that play. It looks like you're in like a cover four, cover two, or cover four, and you were able to read the eyes of the quarterback, take it to the house. Explain that play to me. 
we were in kind of like a soft cover two. So um, I'm reading the, reading two, and whenever he broke out, I tried to bait the quarterback into it and, and break on the ball. Yeah, and you did a good job because it looked like it was cover four the whole time. So good job on that. Um, how do you – do you guys talk about coming out and setting the tone? Because the defense had 14 points and they had 10 points. Like, you guys were the one without the offense touching the ball at all. Like, have you guys been talking about that? Yeah, I mean – we, we try to set the tone, come out early and play fast, no matter who it is, what game it is. So that's always our mindset, and it just happened today. I mean, the ball presented itself to us, and we capitalized on it. You, Keon Sab, you got Mikey Samer still. Are you guys forming with, like, one of the best secondaries in the country? Yeah, I mean, we always think we're the best secondary in the country. We're striving to be the best. So uh, games like today, we're trying, we're trying to prove it, we're trying to show it, and we're trying to get better every week so we can – continue to grow off games like this. Well, congratulations on a great win. Thank you. Next up on our post-game interviews, it is Jason with two-time captain Mikey Sainristil. 14 points the defense put up today. 14 to 10, you guys are the one without a snap of offense. How does that make you feel? Um, it just, you know, it feels great knowing that, you know, the defense all summer, um, you know, all offseason, what we've been working on is, you know, takeaways. Um, we made that a big emphasis for us this year. Uh, last year, we felt like we left a whole bunch of, you know, strip attempts, um, PBUs, interceptions. We feel like we left a lot of those out there on the field. And we knew that to be the type of defense we wanted to be, we needed more takeaways. We needed to score on defense. And so, you know, that's a big, you know, big shout out to the coaches for making that an emphasis this offseason. There was a big adjustment that happened at halftime. There was You guys were getting beat with a stretch zone. Like, what was the adjustment? What did Coach Minner say to you guys in order to stop that in the second half? Uh, really just go out there and, you know, be, be the more dominant team. Um, he told us he was going to call more plays to put us in the right positions to, you know, help those stress plays and whatever. But I feel like at the end of the, ga- uh, at the, end of the day, guys just, you know, they leveled up their, their intensity, leveled up their physicality, and just said, you know, we're going to be the run wall that we know we are. And guys like Mason Graham started balling. What? Uh, TFLs with one what? hand, actually. He got a club on one hand, making tackles in the backfield, shutting off blocks. And then the rest of the front seven, you know, just doing a good job filling in gaps and just, you know, being where they needed to be. How does it feel? You get two pick sixes from the defensive backfield. How big is that going forward for your group and also as the leader of that group? How does that feel? Uh, just a big confidence booster, you know. Um, guys, not like we, we could catch the ball. And now, you know, kind of like how it was with Ed Reed. After you catch the ball, how can you get in the end zone? You know what I'm saying? So, um, it, it feels great. Big confidence booster. Now we just got to tie up the rest of coverage and just continue making plays. And last thing I'll ask you is, is that the touchdown that was given up, like explain that play to me. Were you expecting safety help, different things like that? Explain that play. Uh, no, that's all. You know, coach would say he already told me he could have helped me out a little bit. But no, at the end of the day, I just got to win my one-on-one matchup. Uh, congratulations on a great win. Did a great job. Congratulations, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. One more on the Michigan defense. Here's Jason chatting with Mike Barrett. Mike, the defense goes out there, shuts them down, 10 points this game, but you guys score 14 on defense, right? How does that make you feel as a de- defensive captain on the same? It feels great, man. You know, we always go out and preach that, you know, regardless of what the offense do, like we should be able to win a game, uh, especially once we get ahead. So uh, putting the put points on the board uh, ourselves, that it feels great. It feels great, you know what I mean, to uh, go out there just help the offense whenever they need it uh, and to just, you know, just do that for ourselves, man. We needed it. We've been talking about it all year. And to finally get one or another one, uh, it feels good. 
Minnesota had a very good offensive line as far as big guys and bodies. Like, how did you guys figure out a way to stop their running attack? I mean, we, we had great coaching. You know, the coaches put a great game uh, game plan together all week. You know, uh, we just preach, you know, block destruction all, all week, all year pretty much. That's kind of one of our pillars that we always preach. Um, and just, you know, we put them their guys against our guys, and we, we, we expect us to go win. So that's kind of what we did out there today. Um, you know, we made adjustments at halftime to come out and, you know, just kind of knock out their stretch. They wanted to run the stretch a lot, and we just, you know, the movement up front, we expected them to just win those one-on-ones, win the one-on-ones in the back back end and got the job done. When it comes to the defensive line and their rotation, how does that affect your eyes or the way that you play the game? Because guys are rotating in. They play things differently. Does that affect you or the linebackers at all? Not too much. Uh, those guys, they're coached up well. They know what they're doing. Uh, regardless of who comes in, we, 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 we know the expectation that they have. They know the expectation that they have. And, you know, uh, regardless of who's in, they got to go get the job done. So, like, the rotation, I feel like it's great to, you know, just to have that depth to, you know, rotate the guys in and out so everybody can be fresh. But, like I said, like, the expectation is still the same regardless of who's on the field. Well, congratulations on a great win. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. We wrap up our player interviews. Can't get away without at least one offensive player. And, well, Ladarius Henderson's been tremendous on the left side of that offensive line here over the last few weeks. Jason caught up with Ladarius after the game. You've been in there the last couple of weeks. What can you say about your game and how you've elevated the team in the running game? Uh, Man, I mean, to be completely honest... I've been having a blast, but these guys, I feel like we elevate each other. And just being being next to, you know, great players such as Trevor and just being able to play with Drake and Zach, man, it's awesome. And I feel like we have a really good chemistry and we're really gelling together really well. And I feel like you guys can see that. But it's just been a ton of fun, man. And it's easy to play free and play well when you're having fun. Now, when it comes to J.J. rushing for two touchdowns, do you guys take pride in seeing the, the quarterback go out there and take some hits for the team to help the offensive line and just hold the team in general? J.J. is just a dog. Like, that's just who he is. And he's a fearless competitor, fearless leader. And he, he will stop at no, like, at no effort to make sure he gets the job done. And we love that about him. So when he gets those rushing yards or when he does anything positive, man, we love it. We love it. Yeah. The competition between you and Hitton has been tough. Like, how do you guys um, maintain a great camaraderie and relationship and teammates and all those things when you guys are fighting for the same position? Well, I mean, um, we, we know kind of like we know it's competition and we also know we want to be the best offensive line in the country. We know we, we have big aspirations and big goals, not only for our O-line, but for our team. And uh, but Miles is one of my best friends, you know, and uh, like he comes over and we hang out all the time. Um, uh, like Barnhart, he's one of my good friends. And it's just it's no bad blood in the room at all. And uh, we we lift each other up. We encourage each other. We help each other on the sideline, what we're seeing out there. And I know from the outside looking in, it could probably seem like a, you know, gritty kind of grimy situation, but it's really not. And uh, that's thing, one of, another thing that makes it easy to play free and be yourself out there, you know. Well, congratulations on a great win. Thank you so much. That'll do it for this edition of In the Trenches presented by Meyer. Thanks to Jason, Jack, Doug, John, all the players, head coach Jim Harbaugh for their insight and analysis as the Wolverines improve to 6-0. You heard it from Coach Harbaugh, bowl 
eligible. So Michigan will gear up for a matchup with Indiana coming up at the big house on Saturday at noon. We'll have everything per usual for you on MGO Blue Podcasts, and we can't wait to bring you that. Again, thanks for listening. Michigan a winner 52-10, to 10, and go Blue. Thanks for listening to this edition of In the Trenches with John Jansen, presented by Meyer, presenting sponsor of the 2023 Michigan football season and proud supporter of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. In the Trenches is part of our Michigan Athletics Podcast Network, MGo Blue Podcasts. The preceding is a Learfield presentation of the Michigan Sports Network.